Welcome to the fourth amazing installment of the Guns, Gear, and Beer podcast. I'm Derek Campbell, uh, Supreme Overlord and Beer Leader of Mogans.com. I'm joined tonight by Lucas, uh, Kydex Pimp Extraordinaire. <laughs> Kydex King, I would prefer, but whatever. <laughs> Are you saying that you don't a- pimp Kydex out of the world? <laughs> And um, Adam from Spirit Systems, creator of extremely cool tactical gear, which Lucas and I spend many pesos on annually. I don't know about all that, but <laughs> so no, we do. Uh, what? That was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> all right. How are you guys doing today? Good. Living the dream. Likewise, doing well. So, Adam, so I'm, the... sending, I'm sending a link out so that you know my you know so followers can so follow maybe tune in. Right. So. So, <laughs> that's why I'm kind of like not looking at you know, paying attention to anything else right now. No, I just it's 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 difficult to do social media and talk. The struggle is real with all of us. <laughs> I'm just opening up Glock mags, so don't mind me. Who, who makes them? Uh, can, these are I can tell because it's loud as shit. <laughs> <laughs> now these are OEM. There's so here, real quick. So there's a lot of aftermarket Glock mags coming to the market. You've got ETS. You've got Magpoles. Um, there's the Korean, Con Korean, there's, uh, a couple others out there. There's really not a whole lot of reason to use aftermarket mags unless you get them really cheap. OEM mags are tried and true. They're proven and they work great. I use Magpul mags because I get them for like 12 bucks and other people can get them for like 14, 13, something like that. You can find them for 12. Um, but otherwise, there's really no reason to not use OEM regular Glock magazines, in my opinion. Um, there's a lot of debate about that. I don't know why a lot of people wanting to use Magpul mags for carry or use ETS mags or use Korean mags. On the side. I know, why. I know. But, I mean, it, I mean, it's cool to get – when the Magpul mags came out, I thought, this is cool. They're cheap. So I can go buy 12 of them and have them in my truck and leave them there and train with them. And they're great for that. But for concealed carry – OEM is the way to go. These are all 15 rounders. I just had to go get myself more because I use a lot of 15 rounders. So, as, as an MP guy, I don't have that struggle. Like, oh, there's so many <laughs> aftermarket mags. Which one do I pick? Instead, instead you have problem. other problems like your barrels. <laughs> okay. No, I haven't had a problem with my barrel. My stock trigger just you dump on me when I really didn't want it to. I had that replaced. It's like a lot of pistols out there. Once you just dump uh, hundreds or thousands of dollars into it, it's an excellent gun. <laughs> something, something like that. Yeah. Once you, once you spend, you know, nine hundred dollars on it, yeah. no big deal. Once you change everything, no, I, mean, I, I, the frame, I agree. I agree with the the magazine assessment, though. Um, often, more often than not, OEM. Um, tends to be better in a lot of cases. There's a lot of people who yeah. spend, you know, a lot of engineering time um, putting the stuff together, testing it, and uh, I think there's a lot of hubris in the community with, uh, you know, people coming out of the woodwork and saying they can do it for less or do it better, and they don't realize the actual amount of time that goes into creating something. You know, whether it be right. a, you know, a holstered tactical nylon or whatever. Mag yeah, per- perfection takes time. And so when I see a company quickly release a mag they spent six months on, you know, time will tell, you know, if it's a good product. And that goes for you sure. know, anything else. So perfection sure. does take time. And OEM, I mean, Glocks have been around for a long time. So 
the kinks have been or were worked out a long time ago, most sure. likely. Sure. So, these are splendid. I would agree. Yeah, I, I have one, maybe two mags. Fake it's really easy. Plus, they're also like actual Smith and Wesson mags are, are expensive. Don't I don't I, like it. I look at I look at Glock guys like, oh, I got all these. Oh yeah, mags. they're very eleven, twelve dollars. I'm like, I got mine for thirty. I got yeah, three. Least, hey, at least you don't have an HK and you're paying sixty. Oh mags. god. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> just gross, anyways. Uh, yeah, but, Germans have this for our money for products they know we want. Pretty much. Well, they're, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I, I have an M&P. Um, I shoot it sometimes. Not really anymore. Exactly. Actually, I don't even know what it is right now. Is that bad? You should probably know where fire Probably in my house. But I'm shooting Glock now. I got on the Glock train. Um, I only have, I only have one, one Glock, Glock 19. Um, it's pretty much, uh, I mean, as much OE as, uh, Adam Slot, you know, a red dot, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what I shoot and I shoot the same pistol and I just really don't. I just really don't care anymore. Zane, one of the, the other guy at Spirit of Systems, he shoots M and P. Still full size M and P nine mil. He, I mean, he's he's not giving it up. So you guys are the you guys can stand strong together. The two M and P's are the sunset. Hey, I'm buying one this weekend, so I'll have one. Will I use it a lot? Probably not. But You're probably going one, to. Out of the box, it's way more comfortable. Than oh, it is. Oh, I hate how Glocks feel. I shoot them anyway. And when I tell people that, they can't believe it because they think you have to get a gun that is the most comfortable thing for you. Not necessarily VP9. true. You get the gun that works the best. But I have a VP9. It's all right. It's, it's much okay. more comfortable, or it's much better to shoot a gun that goes pew pew every time than one that's more comfortable. Right. I don't exactly. know. Have you had many problems with your. Um, last year at a competition up in northern Colorado, it was very, it was very hot. It was very dry, and somehow the, the trigger wasn't working like at all. Like I'd pull the trigger, and it wouldn't click. It'd just sit there. But if I held it, and like shook the gun while I pulled the trigger, then a round would go off. And so something, <laughs> something was here, not here. not right. So after that, I sent it to Danger Close <laughs> Armament, and David did his wizard magic. That's like. And stippled it in the flatty apex trigger in its mouth. So, with the upgraded yeah. trigger, I absolutely love it. Stock trigger is a poopy. Yeah, I'd agree to that. I'm going to run stock, so there. <laughs> Do it until it breaks. <clears throat> yeah, you will for one day. And then you'll. <laughs> until you literally have a, a range violation, I guess, just with normal function. Well, I don't know, Lucas, Lucas yeah. dry fire so much, it'll probably break it the first day. Uh, 500 draws in and it just breaks. That would, I would, I would write about that. Yeah, I would. Save <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's funny. Yeah, and even just Glock Raven Fear, someone commented in the comments, 1911, which that's a whole other discussion. Um, speaking, of, if you hey. want guns that work every time, they have the best troops. I'll say that I was looking at a uh, DVC three gun um, and a check, well, a checkmate, which isn't a 2011, but um, an open gun. And I can't decide which I should get the DVC open with a Leopold Delta point or the checkmate. I don't know, but I was looking at them today because I need to get one for some things and for something. Jordan some from Black Wolf has the 2011 bug and he's looking to buy one. They get they get real expensive oh, he does? real fast. You know. uh, I, sh I should I should text him. I've never shot one. I, the only 1911 I have was my grandpa's Colt Combat Commander, and it's actually a 9mm. It's more of a collector's piece. I don't shoot it that much, but it's a that's piece. I I would do nine. That's what I'm getting. I'm not. I can't do 40. All my other guns are nine. So. 
You're not you're not gonna be one of those people that's always like it. Derek, don't be intimidated, bro. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, and just Glock or Sumanthan Monster or nineteen eleven. That's not enough anymore. After you pick Team Glock, you need to then identify as which customization company you go with. Because there's a few. Yeah, of them. I've I've stayed clear of all of that as best as I can, as you know. <laughs> yep. Yes, my, my slide is untouched. Keep it that way for as long as possible. I I literally uh, was thinking, you know what? How much would it cost for me to get set up so I could do my own, just to avoid uh, a lot of the politics? And so I was looking into CNC machines <laughs> your and all own that CNC stuff. Machine just so you don't have to deal with people. <laughs> yes, and then I thought the same thing about ammo, and so I looked into getting an auto loader. Uh, but those are really expensive, so I don't so, like think five years from now. T-Rex Arms is going to be manufacturing everything, <laughs> <laughs> all of their own stuff. Hey, that is one all reason. Okay, that here I'll give a business tip real quick to people listening. If you're starting a company, don't necessarily call it what you're doing right then, like something yes. holsters or something concealment. Yeah. Leave your name vague enough; you can do whatever yep. you need to do. That's I why I picked T-Rex Arms. So um, I was we, planning we, on selling guns, and that never panned out. So, but I'm still. So yes, or so, and something with people, dynamics in it. Oh, sure. Yes. Please like be there dynamic. Aren't enough of those already? <laughs> <laughs> um, nobody even knows group what our name bolt. means. So. Uh, yeah. Then it works. That's fine. Nobody knows it. Yeah. Only half the people get the joke of T Rex arms. So yeah. Well, of course. But that's a you know that's <laughs> yeah. why they just told like, we're going to the a name. long time to get that joke. <laughs> but I got. So you were one of those figured people. Figured it out. Did you call? It? Did you call him in the middle of the night? <laughs> I got it. I got I get it. it. <laughs> that's why I haven't given him my phone number. You see, I'll get weird phone calls like that. Oh, whoops, I opened up a 17, now a 15. Ah, oh, crap. Oh, no, I have too many guns in, within arm's reach. Well, no, but they're, so, all, they're all on the table over there. So, Adam, how... Uh, I mean, it's, heard it's rougher. How you became the coolest castration factor on the planet. And the coolest what? Too, those are really cool. The coolest uh, gear manufacturer on the planet. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that either, but I can definitely uh, tell you our story. Um, <clears throat> link something here. Everyone, take a social media break. I can't. My phone is broadcasting. Yeah, this. yeah. <laughs> Social media breaking. All right. So, Spirit of Systems. Where Where do we start? Why do we start? All the questions that everybody asks. Um, so, you know, I have an army background. Um, I was pretty dissatisfied with like almost everything that I was ever issued. Right. It was like. That's, I mean, that's the nature of the army. I mean, you have a million man army, you're giving them whatever, and it really is whatever the look kind of comes up with. Um, there's not a lot of attention to soldier survival, which always, you know, it always kind of frightened me that we invest money into gear that I felt was uh, substandard. Um, you know, case in point, you know, for a good example, I guess would be like the IOTV vest system that uh, we're issued in the army. Uh, I mean, this thing is like it was focusing on a war's half of, so it was this really big, bulky um, system that you know they they source out to ten different manufacturers and they just churn these things out over and over and over and. Uh, I mean, this thing has like throw pieces and like multi layers of armor, and it was it was a frag kit basically designed to, you know, protect somebody in an IED strike. 
And then, you know, we deployed Afghanistan and we're wearing, they're trying to force us to wear this in the mountains. And we're literally running around in the mountains and, you know, we have 70 pounds of whatever on our bodies and guys are just like, you know, falling over from heat exhaustion. And I mean, these, and these aren't just like chumps, you know what I mean? These are dudes who like are really strong, who are having issues like getting around. And their mobility is greatly affected by it. Um, and I think it's one of the big, you know, kind of letdowns from the military is that, you know, they, they're not enabling the guy on the ground by uh, listening to the kind of the wind of the battle and, and shifting with it as far as equipment goes. And it eventually, le- you know, led to the loss of life of a couple of guys um, who were ambushed on a patrol. And they were so fatigued and they were so weighted down that, they essentially just sat down and got killed. I mean, they just like sat on the side of the trail and they were like, so that started a congressional investigation that started changing. You know, that's when like OCP or multicam started to become the camouflage. I mean, we got lightweight weapon systems, um, you know, things like that, but it really sparked my interest. I would say that's probably the moment that I really started to pay attention to how I could mold things to better suit my needs in Afghanistan. That was, um, end of 2007, 2008, around then, um, where I started to really, you know, think about like, Hey, how, what, how can things change for the better for me? And I started exploring, you know, obviously the first step was just looking at what other people were manufacturing. Uh, I think the first piece of tactical nylon I picked up was a high speed gear. Actually. Um, it was one of their, it was an old plate carrier that they had. It was called the, the Wasatch. So I picked one of those things up and I started kind of playing around with it. But um, later in the army, I started taking what the army was issuing me because I had to wear it. It was like mandatory that you wear what they give you. So I, what I would do is I would just like, I took like the flak plating, you know, the actual soft armor out of the, the plate bags. And I like threw that in like my duffel bag and I like sewed my like I took a part of the duffel bag and actually sewed the like the duffel bag onto the front to create my own mag pouches, you know, just things like that to try and better my gear. And that's you know, those are like the first pieces of gear that I ever made. And so, uh, after getting out of the army and going back overseas as a contractor for the State Department and for some, some other things that I did, is uh, really where it took us in. Uh, 13, 2014 is where we, uh, you know, me and a, and a buddy of mine, Zane, kind of started really linking up. And the company was born in Afghanistan. So we actually started, We he was there with the Army. I was there as a contractor. Um, I would hop on. I had a lot of freedom of movement in uh, 2014. So I was just, I would hop on a bird. We would, like, sit in the dark with our headlamps on and, like, sketch ideas and you know, do those kind of things in Afghanistan. So we were, it was really fresh in our minds, you know, he would come back and say, Hey, I was on, you know, this thing sucked. Like this was the worst thing in the world. Why does this exist? So we'd like try to figure out how to make it better. Um, but we also, when we really started to, I mean, we started making gear, but we didn't really start making gear until actually this last year. That's when we really kind of like, okay, we're going to make this a thing and we're going to start, actually producing the stuff and selling it and uh, our ideas are based around a lot of it's from the state department days low visibility um you know kind of like limited like space and resource um constrained type of environments and that's where we've started to you know like the micro fight is a good example of that in this when i was working with the state department i wanted to wear you know obviously the stuff that's on my belt so my pistol my pistol mags maybe a, a very small concealable dump pouch and some kind of medical um, on my belt. But I wanted to have something that was small that I could have one strap on it and kind of use it as a go bag. What I do is, you know, you stick your three mags in there, your blowout kit. And then uh, you just, I just use the back strap as like the shoulder strap. Right. And then I just mm-hmm. stuff my other straps up inside the flap. So basically if your vehicle gets hit or whatever, and you have to blow out your vehicle, you just grab it sling it like a just like a bandolier fight and just put it on and uh those kind of concepts are what we're looking at the big war is over right Mm -hmm. there's no more the days i mean companies we're all fighting for 
a very, very small share, a big pie out there of like this community that companies, the smaller companies are fighting for these little slivers of that pie. And, you know, there's, there's some really big companies out there. Well, I think that the market is starting to notice that, Hey man, I don't want the giant monstrosity of a vest. I don't need seven side. I don't need throwers and butt protectors and like all these crazy things that we needed in this, this huge, you know, GWAT that where, you know, this 15 years war and guys are starting to see like the, the, the war is shifting for one. There's a lot more need for like the clandestine equipment, but it's also shifting in terms of you know, they're still in the community in some way. They don't want to go to the range and have a full size play carrier. You know, they did enough of that in the military. So they're coming back and they're really, they're really starting to buy this stuff up. And that's kind of the focus of the company right now is we're making, we're just taking things and we're just using like practical, you know, skills and knowledge that we had from being in the military. And we're just trying to kind of shift the, the industry in a different way, at least for us. We're trying to like think of things a little differently and, and make things a little differently. Um, and we're, we're really, you know, skill, you know, level one tasking in the army is like that whole, our whole catchphrase, right? Brilliance in the basics. That's like stolen. I don't, that doesn't belong to me at all. That's like every good NCO told me that in the army. And that's kind of where we is like, you know, the micro fight to um, 2.0 or Mark two, I guess is it's very basic, right? There's a lot of stuff you can do with it. You can change things. But at the, at the end of the day, it's three mags, maybe a couple pistol mags, maybe some med kit, but it's very, very basic. And that's kind of where we're trying to keep everything, um, you know, with that same principle, like just as advanced as it needs to be. We're not trying to go like way overboard and like create all this wacky stuff or like change the game. Rather, we're trying to kind of live within the, the rule set that's there, but just make something that is uh, actually usable, if that makes any sense. And affordable, too. Yeah. Like, or I guess for what you guys said, well, like all of your money. You want to crossover, but because you keep it uh, minimalistic and straightforward, and cheaper, that's, that's less time you guys guys are having to make it. I mean, like the really expensive rigs out there, like the, I have a friend who recently bought a Cry CPC. It's like a, how much, how much is that? It was like sure. a $900 plate carrier. Once you get all the like, stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, but it's sure. really complex. It's all the craft. Well, and it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful rig. It absolutely is. That rig was made though for a very specific uh, user base and for very specific needs, right? And I just don't personally, my personal opinion is that the average guy does not need that in his life, yeah. right? He's not, he's not doing, I mean, I'll tell you about the guys that are using that vest. I mean, they're doing seven, maybe even more, maybe double that, maybe 14 hits in a night, right? They're go, I mean, they're doing like a lot of kinetic activity and that yeah. thing was designed for them and it's designed for a very specific purpose and it works very well for that. Um, but I think you're right. There's a lot of guys out there who... They just spent $2,000 on a gun. They're getting into the sport, or maybe they're already into the sport. Um, but they're, they're just looking for something to, hey, I want to stick something in my car. Um, I want to go to the range with something, you know. But I don't want to wear a full kit. It's, it's, I'm down in Tennessee, or I'm in North Carolina. It's 100 degrees outside with 100% humidity. Maybe they don't want to necessarily wear that, you know, that vest the entire time. So we're, you know, and we've, and we've been adopted by now. It's, we're gaining momentum in the community. Um, there's some other smaller chess rigs that we get a lot of guys coming out of Woodward saying, hey, like, I didn't like, you know, this didn't really fit the bill for me. And uh, people want that, you know, that customizable system where they can kind of decide, you know, hey, am I going to carry, you know, some pistol magazines or am I going to change? So we have some other accessories that are going to be coming out for it here this year, too, for the end of the year or so. It's not over. The modularity of it's not over. It, it's so it's so open ended. I mean, it's a it's a pocket with Velcro. The options that you put sure. in there. Exactly. Yeah, and that's why you know we've again coming from you know my days in the army. There were days where it was, and and there's going to be other chest rigs that we put out that have similar principles. But a good a good example is um, 
I was in a, a reconnaissance section. And so some nights I would roll out with a, you know, a, a 110, right? And so I, you know, stack my rig with 762 nags and I would roll out. Well, the very next night I might carry a Mark 48 machine gun. And so it's like this transition is what was really hard. You don't want to spend like, 30 minutes weaving and unweaving pouches. Exactly. And this is like out in some very kinetic areas. This is out in the mountains. This is out. We're way out there, right? Am I going to switch between these by two rigs? The army doesn't give me two rigs. So it's like, can I even use a, a governor's rig? So, you know, stuff that I really wanted was modularity. I really wanted like, I always thought, what if I had a pouch, a, a bigger pouch that could carry a bunch of magazines that had like inserts in it. And then I could just rip that insert out and jam a 200 round drum in it the next night. Uh, principles that are going forward. I mean, you can expect to see uh, probably a larger chest rig, a plate carrier that we're developing um, that also features a lot of mod modularity. All of it right now is kind of in the low, low visibility side of things. So you're not going to see a lot of Molly. You're going to still see things like back. are going to be a, a little more proprietary. And uh, they're going to attach kind of to our uh, our systems, you know, so like our plate carrier or whatever. That's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about the plate carrier you're working on? <laughs> so I don't want to reveal too much because <laughs> industry is is uh, yeah. shy. Yeah, um, yeah, don't. And uh, we've already had some. I mean, I I hate to say it, but we've already had things that have, you know. We've re we've released a teaser. I'm just waiting for my helmet cover, you know, that helmet cover to just like already be like manufactured and sold. Kind of a leaked a picture of that. Um, so we're just kind of waiting for that to happen. But we we've already had some things stolen. But I can tell you that it is going to be uh, it's going to be very modular. Uh, we're kind of going forward with parts website we're remaking our website before the end of the year um, but we are we're going towards this whole idea that i'm tired of you know i keep saying it on social media like stop letting gear companies tell you how to wear your stuff right because that's a big thing right now it's like you buy our plate carrier it's configured like this and you just deal with it so we're trying mm -hmm. to sell things and like you know do you want this cummerbund or this cummerbund do you want this back plate or do you want this back plate, you know, or you like your plate bag. Do you want this kind of kangaroo insert? You know, so all of those things individually, and you're just going to create your own. You know, kind of like the microfight too, right now, where you just get on. You can buy it as a kit. Yeah, but yeah, uh, you I'm can go on awesome. and you could buy just the placards, kidney straps, or whatever. And I got sure. excited. So that's like, kind of when I was shopping for my flight rate. Right? I can tell you, website. Very ooh, ooh, I can add this. Or, or I can add that, or I can call. It was, it was, <laughs> yeah. it was nice looking through everything and and figuring out what I needed. My simplistic use, and I get exactly that. I think that's really cool and not really something anyone else is sure. doing. Well, we're working. You're right. Yeah, it's not usually, yet. This I mean, is the setup. This is the plate carrier. This is how you do sure. This. Yeah, and the same with chest rigs. It's like these are you know you usually have an option of a couple of different chest rigs. And then you have like maybe two types of straps and then you just, you kind of just pick something that maybe works, you know, or is the closest to what you can, you can find. But I really do believe in principles of like, you know, I'm not like some like crazy special operator, like, you know, madman. Uh, like, everyone, <laughs> <laughs> everyone is. <laughs> so I'm not, I mean, I'm just saying like, I really do believe trying to reduce your loadout to the essentials because you know it, it's too easy to to buy a really big chest rig and to just like i do it i'm horrible about it. i have to limit myself on my equipment because if i, I had a um a mayflower beautiful chest rig but i literally it had so many pockets it's so oh, many yeah. pockets. I, I was just stuffing things in it i mean i had extra magazines extra things in the gp pouches i had you know just like i was like what else can i fit in here i might as well grab that pretty soon i was like drinks. what yeah what happened <laughs> you know so with the micro fight that's kind of the opposite right 
you have to really look at your equipment and go, do okay, well, I can only carry so much. So what am I going to put put in this chest for it? Awesome. Yeah. So, well, I think that's the pitfall that a lot of people fall into when they first get into gear uh, for any kind of shooting is that they see pictures of these operators with, with everything. And you see pictures of other cool guys, with just everything you think I need. In order to be effective, I need to be able to hold everything. And sure. I, see, I see a lot of, a lot of there's well, couch, the like literally no, that's, pouches on that's pouches. It, it kills me when I see pouches with Molly on the front and people just stack them on top of that. I know. The funny thing is, they, like, it's what they want, man. Mm-hmm. The funny, the funny thing is, as civilians, there's a lot of stuff we don't have to carry, and it's actually a luxury, like explosives. Yeah, sure. We don't have to carry explosives. We don't have to carry embitters now. Or a giant radio Right. Or what? Some people, although some civilians have embitters somehow, but y'all see what I'm saying. You can buy them. There's just a lot of stuff we don't have to carry. I, I'd like to get one, but I was told I should get a, a replica one for pictures, and I thought that was kind of cheesy. Oh, look at that. <laughs> so What else you got in there? So, uh, <laughs> Oh, man. There's a whole stack of stuff over there. I don't know if you can see it. There's a young no, helmet cover on the top. Those replica GPNVG 18s if you want to be cool for pictures. Okay, uh, yeah, I already get enough crap that. on the internet. Yeah, I get enough crap on the internet for having sentinels that are real, not fake. <laughs> <laughs> and so, just wait till I get my 31s. Oh yeah, oh, people are goodness. coming out of the woodwork. Oh goodness, yeah, they won't be happy about that. Well, um, they're already in the works. So, <laughs> yeah, now good, good for you. So, I mean, let's talk about let's talk about this though. Let's talk about airsoft for a minute. Let's talk about that. So, we no, I'm not I'm not going to hammer on it at all. I think there is so much. Um, look. I don't fucking care at all. I don't. Like, I do not care. I don't care that, like, I'm just glad that there's some kids somewhere in the United States who are outside of their house. Like, I'm seriously, like, I'm just impressed that somewhere in the country there's still kids running around outside. But uh, I think the, I think the problem um, that a lot of guys are just faced with, you know, and I've I've, like kind of analyzed this, like, why does it just frustrate, uh, mainly veterans right that's who it frustrates. i'm just going to put right. it out there that's what happens right guys are just they get and i've seen guys just like redline over it right mm-hmm. i mean i've gotten pissed off before and i and i'm really trying to figure out the psychology behind it and it is it's i think what it is man is like you go you like go overseas you are subjected to a bunch of just like really shitty things right and it's not only that it's like you you literally i would you join the army, you just give up your your dignity, right? For a couple of years. I mean, you have to do some like fucking shit that just sucks on all fronts, like here, stateside, overseas. And uh, it's not that kid. Nobody cares that kids are out playing airsoft, right? Nobody cares. Like that's the thing. It's like the problem. I I think that that happens is when there just starts to be a like kind of a smugness to mm-hmm. some of the personalities out there, right? And uh, they. You know, they're, they're embedded in the community because, and really tactical nylon is where we share, um, you know, the community, right? Because if you think about it, like, you got your circle over here, that's like the real steel, right? And then you have your circle over here, and that's airsoft. Yeah. And then the circle that connects those two is tactical nylon, right? Yeah. And you start having these guys mix in these internet, you know, like Facebook groups and forums and stuff like that yeah. and we just really you start having a butting heads because you have a guy who it doesn't even matter if the dude was just an infantryman or whatever like he went over there and like shed blood and then you have a guy over here who like has never done that and he is trying to start telling you know telling this dude what's up about something right and he might even be right but it's never going to matter because yeah. this dude is never going to he's going to be like dude what are you saying now and that's different. I think even you have like this other bubble, maybe of like tactical trainers or like firearms instructors, stuff like that, which you're probably familiar with getting, taking a lot of flack. And, uh, but it's just weird. And I really try to figure out the psychology, man. And I just think it is like, it's just one of those things where like when a, when a child comes at a guy who has been deployed, he just like, he's never going to like listen to that person. Yeah. 
doesn't and, and I'm and I think the majority of the time they're probably not right, but sometimes they are, and doesn't matter. Well, worlds are just never going to come together. I think I think the the real underlying issue is personal pride, because I know guys who have deployed who will talk to me and will talk to sure. other guys who haven't been in. I think the real issue is arrogance and pride. Sure. I do think, um, obviously, guys who, like you said, don't, who don't have dignity. I mean, once you're in the military, more or less, as you said, uh, that sort of that that's a whole different thing. That's not really connected to the arrogance it's, side it's of all things. About but and yeah, everyone will be. But I know, like for the airsoft side, it's I I think I see people really get upset. And it's just frustrating. Like as adults, we have to work for our toys, and we have to pay for our toys. It's frustrating when you see the children, <laughs> sure, real exactly. pride, real night vision, right. telling you how how gear is supposed to happen or how tactics are supposed to happen. I made the mistake yeah. of uploading a, a GoPro vi- sure. video I took through CQB class. Like I'm not instructing or telling. I was just attending the CQB class. Sure. And the, well, heaven the keyboard warriors came out to tell me everything <laughs> that was wrong. Well, and that's my so so I can't, like things like that, right? Um, you know, I've made I've made some like pretty pretty good mistakes in training, and uh, things that are embarrassing. You know what I mean? Like, there's mm-hmm. been times where like I I'm in like training and I drop like the mag just falls out of my mag well. Or you don't have a round chamber. You know, there's these things, but you should never be ashamed of trying to better yourself. Uh-huh. One and two, you should never be ashamed of not being an expert at something that you're trying to be an expert at. Right. Right. Which was something that's always very perplexing to me is that people, you know, the internet, I mean, well, just fuck the internet, man. I mean, it's like, I, if, if we were to waste time even like getting on here and like commenting back at these people who are attacking, uh, attacking us, you know, attacking anyone. You, you would die. You would just die doing it. You would never do anything else. Um, yeah. You know, everybody, people have opinions, man. And there is, their, you know, they can speak their opinion. The, the truth is, is that they're not outdoing. The people who are outdoing aren't on Instagram, YouTube, commenting on your CQB class. You know what I mean? They're just outdoing mm-hmm. it and having a good time and learning. And yep. How very, it very rarely on the internet when people claim to be uh, subject matter experts do they ever turn out to be. That's, that's just my personal experience. And I mean, there's Usually a couple of forums out there. I think, I think people, I think we all know those forums and there, and there are experts on there and they tend to stay there. And there's a reason because if yeah. you start getting outside of that, then you start getting yes, into, yes, there's you know, a difference between, the, between forums where people go there asking questions or looking for information and individuals sure, who go exactly. out looking for something to criticize, but that that's a whole nother conversation. So internet comments. Sure. But yeah, exactly. airsoft like, sure. and, yeah, and it depends a lot. Like, if you were just, because uh, I'm heavily involved, I'd say a ton of my patch sales are airsofters. I sponsor a lot of events. Just sure. A lot of patches. Um, sure. And the internet airsoft community is not representative to at least the level that that I am involved with, which are the larger national events, and they're totally different. Sure. Like, if you're if you've never been to a big event. Uh, and you just Googled Airsoft or searched the hashtags and looked at what you saw right there and looked at the comments, then it's it's so cringy. It's it's so so cringy to look at. But I'd say like the majority of the actual community is different than the keyboard warriors. But that's that's just from what I've seen. Yeah, because the keyboard warriors, the thing about these like the event that I'm flying to next week that um I mean it costs two hundred bucks a person. You've got to drive or fly there. Mm-hmm. You have to yeah, I uh, believe, abide by their rules. I believe rules. because it's a government facility, it's 18 and up only as well. Is this in Palias? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, okay. I know Palias. That, so this – okay, so when I heard it was there, that's when I was like, yeah, I'll go to this one because of the location. Like that was the determining factor. Sure. But – that kind of event is going to weed out a lot of the chumps who are just behind their mm-hmm. computers. The, the guys coming to this event are the guys who are actually putting in it's work. It's a financial commitment. To it is. It is. Yeah. And so it, they're just, they're, it's a different caliber of people usually. Now, there are uh, 
a good share of chumps that go there. But I've met a lot of guys at those events who are active military, former military, who are going to join the military, but they're too young or they just aren't doing it yet, who are law enforcement or, or who are going to be law enforcement. So they're all going to be at some point or already are in the industry. And that's something people don't think about. They think, oh, these little kids are just going to be kids. No, they're, they're actually growing up. They're going to join the military. And a lot of these kids, if they do airsoft for four or five years and then they go and join, uh, they have a lot of experience that some other guys who just go in fresh don't have. I mean, these guys have already been well, running kit. They've already been doing ago, reloads. Years ago, so when I was have a lot of other experience. I couldn't afford real guns. I wanted real guns, so I just played with BB guns. And it definitely didn't help. But being involved with that only got involved with the actual firearms. Obviously, which we don't steal very often. But it's just a lot of airsofters will turn into gun owners and enthusiastic gun owners. Yep. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, I mean, sorry, I kind of derailed the combo no, no. by by switching, <laughs> switching it over. I think you wanted, I mean, I mean, I want to stay on topic for you. Um, what was no, your gear? You want to talk about gear setup? Scripts are boring. Sure, <laughs> <that>, true. <laughs> true. But, um, no, I mean, I think there's some validity to, to your statements. I think that, uh, you know, as a community, I mean, I'm just, I'm just kind of tired of like, you know, the internet as a whole. Uh, yeah, same it, here. It really does. It's yeah. things, the things people say, the things I read in comments, I'm just kind of over it. I just want to make, you know, I just want to make stuff and like help, you know, help people out help. if I can um, yeah. and yeah. make something cool and like try to be a professional and uh, understand, you know, what people need. And uh, sometimes you're going to make mistakes, you know, but it's, uh, I think, I guess I'll just end in the conversation about internet warriors and they get online and they, you know, they see something and they're like, they just, they just get on the keyboard and they just like murder it, you know? And, <laughs> and I'm just like, I, like I, say I, I that. see this happen, right? I, I see this happen. Like I'm on a gear yeah. forum that. Like this happens on, on a daily basis where somebody will just like some dude will post like a pouch and then somebody else will be like, that is the worst pouch I've ever seen for reasons A, B, C, and D. You should just burn that thing. I mean, like literally just throw it in the trash. That's how worthless it is. And they just destroy it. But like the thing is, is like this, like I have a pouch right here. Right. And like this, a lot went into this little bastard. You know what I mean? And it just yeah. doesn't mean that it's like somebody didn't like really, you know, dump their heart and soul into that piece of equipment. And there is stuff out there. Don't get me wrong. There's stuff that I would throw in a, in a garbage can and burn. But uh, there's the vast majority of American made gear has a, a purpose somewhere. So there was an idea somewhere that kind of birthed that equipment and uh, maybe sit back yeah. a little bit and chill out and kind of just maybe, you know, what I always try to do is I look at something. Just, and, just uh, chill out is great advice for most of the internet. <laughs> exactly. Just chill yeah, out and, I, and just try to like try to find purpose in something that maybe you don't you don't really agree with, or maybe you uh, you just look at it and your first impression is like, hey, I don't like it. Um, I tell so this, my wife will probably smack me for saying this, this thing a long time ago. Um, trying to like better my my personal character, and when I'm when I'm out in public and I see um, kind of a you know, I look at, like, there's all these people walking around, and you see, like, like a homely woman or something, right? I just try to find one thing about her that's beautiful. Because I'm just, like, I would just, like, look at people and just, like, wow, that person's ugly. Like, but now instead of just doing that, instead of just, like, looking at someone and just tearing them apart, I try to, like, switch and, like, at least find one, like, pretty thing about that person. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I'm out in Cheyenne, Wyoming. It could be right very now. easy to explain <laughs> cynical mindset. That's, that's good, man. That's, and that's really the attitude people need to have. Sure. They need to look for pot because it's easy to find negatives. It's really sure. easy. It's naturally easier to find negatives than positives. And that's why it's so easy to be a hater. It's harder to be a positive person. It's just how it is. So, yep, yep, yep. yep. So, uh, would there be any possibility of maybe some Kydex pimp uh, making Kydex inserts for said Spirit of Spring? Uh, 
crap. Um, I mean, that's <laughs> up to you. Um, so we have, we have, uh, we have gotten a lot of, so here's something we don't support at spirit of systems. We do, we do not at this time, uh, support the, um, Kalashnikov platforms, right? right? So we, yeah, yeah, I, as well as ISIS, I think those go hand in hand. But uh, <laughs> we don't support it. We feel like a drive to support it. Neither of us, uh, you know, on the like on the design side, we don't fi- we don't shoot AKs. We, I mean, uh, no yeah. problem with AK. I don't, you know, again, it's like whatever people want to do with their lives, but. We just don't support it right now. It's a difficult weapon system to support, right? So again, back to it tactical is. nylon manufacturers. Their their tactical nylon for the AK is very much like the gun itself, right? The the pouches yeah. have to be a little bit more loose. They have to, you know, it's just like it's kind of goes against some of the principles that we've established as a gear company. Um, you know, so we get I probably get an email every single day. Which, by the way, to anybody listening to this, I answer every email eventually. So we, uh, we get emails, people are asking for support for the AK. Um, the only way I see that happening is through some kind of Kydex insert. And, uh, that's, you know, that's just the only way it's going to work. The way, the way that you guys both own kits. So the way we do our mag retention. Yes. But go ahead. I, I was going to jump in there, but I, I won't. <laughs> oh, well, I was going to say, so we've, we've had people asking about AK stuff as well. Um, the problem with AK mags, building okay. Kydex for them, is it is the hardest magazine to make a Kydex carrier for because of the geometry. Hands down. G3 mags are easier. FAL mags are easier. Sure. AK mags just suck. Now, an insert where it's only covering the front and back could potentially be easier, but the geometry is still there. It's just a, it's just a bad magazine to make stuff for. So that's the problem with an insert. I guess that's out. (laughs) I didn't quite say that, but, um, and and the community, (laughs) this is, this is gonna, people are going to disagree with me, but the Kalashnikov community is really small compared to the AR-15. It's tiny. It actually is really small. And people think it's not. They dedicated. think they're like half and half. Yeah, they're, they're very dedicated. Very, very. They're zealots. Kalashnikov zealots. But, yeah, very uh, so passionate about the weapon. When yes. well, when you go over when you go over to the dark side, I think that's a personality thing, right? <laughs> when you go over to the dark side with AKs, like you're going over there for a reason. It's, I'm serious. It's like I can almost picture most dudes who run AKs as their primary. Um, I, I, it's just that they're just, they are who they are. And Man, so I think that, you know, that is something I bet that, he has some excellent points right now. Oh, did he? <laughs> uh, I think our hangouts is falling apart. Uh, there's a little bit of lag. I'm good on, good on my end. Are you there, Lucas? I think we lost Lucas. Yeah, he's gone. Hopefully I'll jump back in in a minute. We'll wrap things up. I, I mean, if I have to give advice to, to any youngsters out there, who are wondering about equipment is like just you know the same principles that I was saying before. Um, keep everything close. Only carry. Aft- I like to crossload equipment into a into some kind of assault pack, um, and the, you know that way you can you can uh, easily get to it. You can leave it in a vehicle if you need to, um, and you can also pick up additional items that you, like SSE type stuff while you're out and about. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, keep keep it simple, stupid. It that never goes that style. Yeah, seriously, brilliance in the basics. If you live by that uh, principle, you know, if you kind of just you try to become an expert at the basic, you know, skill level one type tasking, you know, that's where you really uh, you really start getting into the more advanced stuff. You know, that's what honestly what the advanced tactics are. Um, the same goes for equipment. It's just really learning what you have and making sure it it flows and functions very well. And uh, getting out there and actually utilizing it is probably, you know, the biggest, you know, the biggest mistake I see guys make is not doing that. Like you need to hit the range, 
what what to put yourself into feels comfortable in your position. room is, is not the same as what fits and feels comfortable out out on the range all day working. Sure, sure. That's the other stop takeies with full kit on. It's not cool. Nobody thinks your mom's like seashell soap is awesome. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> go go take your selfies out at the range. Right. Have some tea. Oh, I love that. There's so many uh I know, it's so bad. bathroom self. I know. Actually we should probably do like uh a montage. We could. We should probably make that. Yeah, we should make a video. Just bathroom selfie uh selfie video. Uh, that's uh and that's the ep- the name of the episode, people. Uh tactical bathroom selfie. <laughs> Uh, that should be the next pictures as it goes on. Man, what happened to Hangouts, man? It's- I don't know. It's it's fallen fallen to pieces today. Well, I think uh, now's probably a good time to wrap it up. Thank you so much for coming sure. on. Sure, I had I had a blast. Really yeah. good insight. I mean, you're welcome to come on whenever we do this. Sure. Yeah. Thank you uh, to the people who stuck it out with us in the live show. Always enjoy hanging out, talking with you guys. Uh, be sure to check this out on iTunes and Google Play. That'll go you guys. Uh, until ne- next time, guys, stay tactical, take bathroom selfies, and remember to always apply the hashtag operator to your Instagram posts. Yeah, actually, if seriously, you know, if anybody, I don't think anybody's even listening to this anymore, but if somebody tags, uh, if they take a tactical bathroom selfie and they hashtag it and add us on Instagram, I'll probably send them some free stuff. So, so let the games begin. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. If not, I'll go do that right now. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) Uh, You're excluded. So. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right, man.